0: Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton.
1: You are tuned into the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency. My name is Zachary Sexton, and today I have with me Toku McCree. Welcome, Toku.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, Zach. It's really uh, great to talk to you. It's great meeting you at WDS and awesome to be on your podcast now.
1: Absolutely. it's. We were just talking before, a podcast is a great excuse to just hang out with people that you want to hang out with anyway. Uh, for a little background, it's. Just, I'm not completely selfish. Toko, you are a, a speaker, a mindfulness expert, and executive coach. And I also understand when you are not coaching or lifting heavy things, you also like to take pictures of your cat. So today we're going to be talking a little <laughs> bit about mindfulness, mindfulness, Awareness and actually coaching—that's an area that uh, all three of those areas are are, are deep interests of mine, and, and I feel like can be leveraged to allow you to do more and be better, or take more consistent action on your goals. But first, can we start with a a little bit of your your backstory? It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so uh, I was born in Germany. I grew up, uh, my dad was in the air force and, um, I mostly spent most of my time growing up in Nashville, Tennessee. I worked in the music business for a lot of years. Um, I worked for some pretty big, big name bands. Um, I worked for the gin blossoms and a country artist named Phil Vassar. I worked on the road. I was a guitar tech. So I lived that kind of rock and roll groupies and drugs and alcohol up till 4am in the morning kind of lifestyle for a lot of years. And, um, then I moved out to Portland and uh, I got a job working at a club and it was supposed to be like the best job I'd ever had. And I actually caught my boss doing something illegal, confronted her and got fired. And uh, when that happened, I just had this kind of uh, come to Buddha moment where I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. totally really lost. And so I started to search around for something more meaningful. And uh, right around that time, I uh, met a young man who had spent time at a monastery and he just seemed really really calm and really peaceful, and I wanted to learn more about that. So I started talking to him. He invited me to do a little bit of meditation. And uh, at the end of the year, I moved into a Zen monastery, and I thought I was just going to live there for maybe a month or three months, but I ended up living there for about two and a half years. And it really deeply changed my life, my understanding of myself, my understanding of purpose, my understanding of mindfulness and efficiency. And, um, and so ever since then, I've really been trying to bring that message that I learned at the monastery out to the world through my coaching practice, through my blog, and uh, hopefully through this podcast as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing. I, one thing I pulled from your site, and I think it's probably one of those insights that you had over the two and a half years in the, in the monastery, which incredible, I, well, we should talk about that experience somewhat is, is a philosophy, and your philosophy is based on the understanding that awareness alone is the most powerful catalyst for change. So, diets, exercise plans, and self help systems work because they help us pay attention. And if you're not paying attention or, or just focusing on rules or just subscribing to the latest and greatest, shiniest object out there <laughs> that doesn't increase your awareness, you're not going to find success. So, can you talk a little bit about that and why awareness alone is such a powerful catalyst for change in one's life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think especially when we think about efficiency, we often think about, you know, right action and kind of choosing which things we should be doing and, and working very efficiently on them or kind of hacking things. But the place that people forget about a lot is this sort of really understanding of, you know, what do I really want? what's really going on here, really paying attention. Um, if you can pay attention to what's happening in your mind, what's happening in your life, you can make better choices and that's always going to make you more efficient. So a lot of people think that if they have a problem, maybe they have a problem with procrastination or they have a problem with overworking, they think, okay, I need to start doing things to change that where really the first step of change is to pause and really just take notice, take stock of what's going on. When you're trying to create change, it can feel like you're counting the branches of a tree you're falling out of. And so if you can slow down, it's like slowing that process of falling out of the tree down. And you start to notice like, oh, this is the branch that I tripped on, or this is the thing I need to avoid as this is happening. And so it's that process of really paying attention that allows you to make the best decisions to really improve your efficiency, to improve your communication, to improve your relationships. So just paying attention just creates this enormous possibility for change in your life.
1: Let's say somebody out there is having that come to Buddha moment, as, as you said.
0: <laughs> How
1: do they find, What do you have any techniques or exercises or tips for finding out what they really want? Because I totally agree. We define productivity as consistently taking action on your goals. But if you don't know what your goals are, it's pretty hard to be productive. So how do you find out what do you want in life? What are some exercises that you teach or, teach or work with with your clients?
0: It's a great question. Um, you know, I think especially I, I work with business owners and the hardest thing to do in a business, people think the hardest thing to do in a business is find customers or to, you know, manage employees or maybe to, you know, manage the finances. But actually the hardest thing to do in a business is to really think about your business. So one of the things that I do with uh, a lot of my clients is really encourage them to take time regularly in their business, in their life to pause and check in both with what they want to do, but also with what's been happening. Um, I do about a two hour weekly check in where I go through, I go through all of my finances. I look at my calendar, I clean out my email, and then I answer a, a series of questions about my business, about what went well, what could go better. Um, you know, am I actively believing that I can achieve what I want to achieve? Am I making the right kinds of connections? And that two hours of time that I spend thinking about my business is one of the most powerful times that, that I have. But when I offer, when I tell people about this, they will say, Oh, I don't have enough time for that. But the truth is that I save hours, maybe months of time because I go through and really understand each week what's going on in my business, what's going on in my life, what do I need to shift? And what can I work on now proactively, so that I don't have to reactively, you know, change something later on that that I could have solved much sooner. So that would be the one technique. Really making regular time to check in, see what's going on with your life, what's going on with your business.
1: I just was talking with David Allen of Getting Things Done recently, and this sounds very similar. He's got this <laughs> weekly review, and he recommends taking one two hours to look at all of the obligations that you have in your life. But I think you layered on a few different aspects that the weekly review doesn't have. It's what the weekly review and get, the getting things done methodology is more about figuring out what all of your outstanding obligations are to other people and to yourself and making sure that you're on top of them or if you know, it's something that you made an obligation to, but you're not really wanting to do it anymore Then just say, okay, I'm free to, to not do that. But you actually take the time to, to think about what went well, what could have gone better. Do you write this down? How how does this look for you?
0: Yeah, I've got an Evernote checklist. So I go through the Evernote checklist. I first, I do a financial review. I look at all the money that's coming in and going out of my business, which is something else that people don't like to do. They don't like to look at numbers that often, but you know, um, often there's will be a separation between what I say I want and how I'm spending my money, and it's how I'm spending my money, how I'm spending my time that actually is what I'm moving towards. So I could say like, oh, I'm you know I really want to invest time and energy into connecting with people in you know uh, this online community that I'm a part of, but then I'll notice like, oh, I'm not investing time and money there. I'm actually investing time and money into. You know, buying t-shirts from American Apparel. So that's where my energy is actually going. That's where my time is actually going. And so by reviewing those finances, I really see what's actually going on, what my actions are actually saying. And then after I've done that financial review, I also do, I use a program called Time Doctor to track all of my time. I review that that information. And then I go through these series of questions and I just answer them one after another. And I really try to think and spend time really thinking about each question and answering it from my heart answering it from my sort of source of deep wisdom, which I believe that we all have access to this source of wisdom and compassion. And if we give ourselves the space to access that, then then we can, we can really tap into it in kind of a really powerful and amazing way. Is this
1: source of wisdom something you pulled from your time at the, it was a Zen monastery, correct?
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the sort of fundamental teachings of Zen Buddhism is that we all have access to this sort of Buddha mind, this sort of enlightened mind. And one of the things I struggled with a lot earlier in my life, especially in the music business, um, the music business or anytime you work in the entertainment business, it's a lot about comparison. You know, this person is, has a better job than me. They're working with a more famous artist. Um, they have a better, they're getting paid more. And that comparison game just is really, can be really debilitating because you start to feel really bad about yourself. You're always, and there's always someone who's doing something better, right? You know, I, I read a bunch of blogs and I read these bloggers and I go, oh, they're so efficient. They're using all these techniques and, you know, to be so efficient with their days. And here I am, I, you know, I get stuck checking my email and I don't wake up as early as I want. And so, um, one of the things I really learned at the monastery was that I have access to the same kind of wisdom that everyone else does. You know, we all have access to that wisdom, to that compassion, and so understanding that we all kind of have this same basic level, it's just how we use that ability, use the skills we have in relationship to that. That is what really separates people is, is what we do to take action from that place of wisdom. But we all have that same base to start from. And that understanding has really helped me go about my business and take more risks and, and be more vulnerable with people in my daily life, which has been really rewarding.
1: You were just talking about your inner voice. And I always kind of when it goes down to the base of it, it, it's, I'm not enough. You know, look at all these other bloggers. I'm not as popular as them. Look at all these other coaches. I'm not making as much money as them. I know the type of meditation that I do, more Vipassana and awareness meditation allows you to just take those thoughts and just let them be thoughts and not, uh, not bring them, tie them so much into your ego. Does Zen meditation do that? Or how does it help you when you're, you have these feelings of inadequacy?
0: Well, there's a very specific type of meditation that I use with my clients and that I've used to combat this issue specifically. Um, and it's called um, loving kindness meditation. Mm-hmm. And um, I use a certain set of phrases. There's a lot of different sets of phrases out there. But the way I do this meditation is, um, you just breathe in, and then as you exhale, you say these three phrases over and over again. So at first, you say, "May I be free from fear and anxiety." You breathe in. May I be at ease. Breathe in. May I be happy, and you just repeat those phrases again and again. And you can do those both for yourself, and then later on for other people. But um, I find that that meditation really helps me remember, you know, I'm a good person and let let go of those sort of feelings of, of worthlessness. Um, the other thing is I think that this question of am I worthy or not is just a really inefficient question because it can't be answered. Um, I work with really successful people who have blogs that have way more followers than I do, that make a lot more money than I do. And they, even though they're really successful, still ask those questions of, am I worthy? Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? So it doesn't matter how successful you are. That question's always going to be there. So instead, it's much more efficient to ask the question, what am I willing to do today to be of service to other people? Because if you spend a lot of time on this worthy question, you're never going to answer it satisfactorily, and it's never going to help anybody. If instead you can choose to ask the question, what am I willing to do today to help other people? That's a much more efficient way. First of all, to feel good about yourself, but also to do something that's really important in the world, which is, I think, what we all want. I like that last
1: bit you put on there. I've been doing a quick three-minute meditation in the morning, which is about gratitude, and mm-hmm. it's 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 difficult to be grateful and uh, and then fearful. That's basically what we're talking about when it comes to uh, I'm not good enough or uh, everyone else has more. It's just you. You fear this lack of. I'm not enough, or I, maybe I can't be loved. And I, I agree with exactly what you were saying. Uh, in in the sense that if if you're thinking of other people, you're not or being grateful for what you have, then it's it's hard to let those those inner demons drive you. So well, thank, Absolutely. You for, thank you for thank for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned some of the other people and other coaches that you work with. You and I have been going back and forth. You've been telling me uh, some some people I should be looking out for, and I know you work with uh, Leo Babauta of Zen Habits. Probably a lot of people out here uh, listening have probably re- read at least one or two of his blogs. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty popular, um, and and, and uh, a lot of people get a lot out of it just from the um, the the simple messages that he has. What have you learned over the last two years? I know last the first year I met you at World Domination Summit, you were doing a little bit more of the mindfulness when it comes to your body, but now you've moved over to executive uh, coaching. uh, What have you learned over this this phase of your life?
0: Hmm. It's a good question. I mean, I've learned a lot about who I am, and I've learned a lot about sort of the efficiency of service. You know, I I think we think a lot of when we think about efficiency, we think about how to improve um, you know productivity. We think about how can I organize my to do list better. How can I use you know text expander, jump cut, or these programs to sort of you know hack my way. But we often don't think about the efficiency of really being a human being. Um, you know, the way that I was able to really connect with Leo was at WDS two years ago that I first first met him was that when I started talking to him and, and connecting with him. I was really looking for a way to help him. And the first thing that I did with him was I made him yoga videos. He mentioned um, that he was kind of inflexible and that he you know really wanted to do yoga, but he struggled to do it. And so I offered I was in yoga school at the time. I offered to make him yoga videos. And that didn't have anything to do with efficiency from like a hacking standpoint. It really had to do with how I showed up as a human being and, and tried to help him out as a human. And so I think that what I've learned is that one of the most efficient things we can do in our business and our lives is to really serve others. Because if you serve other people, if you come with that attitude of service, then people want to connect with you. People want to help you out. People um, want to be on your team. They want to be a part of your life. And so if you really want to be productive, if you really want to be efficient, start serving other people because it's going to take you way further than worrying about your task list or worrying about you know a particular productivity hack ever, ever will.
1: How do you ride the line between serving first and trying to actually help other people and the, the more Machiavellian or uh, the I think the one book, How to Win Friends and Influence People gets a lot of flack because it's just like, oh, you know, you just have to help people and then you'll get all the things you want. Um, and it, I I could tell from from our interactions that we had together that you are not like that. You don't. Uh, <laughs> you it's not a quid pro quo for you. But um, but a lot of people feel that way when when they hear that um, that advice is to just give first. What do you What would you say to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's an excellent book that talks about this from a coaching perspective. I know coaching is something you're interested in. Um, it's a book called Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler, and What they talk about there is that when you show up in a situation and and you're needy, people don't want to help you because they know you have like a hidden agenda. And people don't want to work with people who have a hidden agenda. People want to work with people who are human and, and are open. And so the whole approach of the Prosperous Coach is to figure out how you can be of service in every moment to potential clients, how you can be in service in every moment to other people. That doesn't mean... Um, you're in service because you feel like you're really bad or you're in service because, you know, you have to be a martyr, but it's really about how can I show up and help other people? Because that creates the most trust that creates that situation where the agenda is very clear. And, um, but part of being service is of being of service is also being willing to receive and being willing to ask for help because, um, you know, a conversation I've had with Leo and other people is that they really like to help other people. And so if I'm always just saying, how can I help you, how can I help you, that doesn't create a balanced relationship. So it's seeing how helping other people, doing things for other people is of service, but also receiving help and asking for help can be of service. So it's finding that, it's finding that balance, which is tricky, but can be really, really valuable, really powerful when you figure it out.
1: That's good. It reminds me of a conversation I was having with, he actually... Is a coach at times, I believe Jordan Harbinger of the Art of Charm. So if you go to the dot forward slash aoc, you can listen to that episode, and he says a very similar thing, where he says serve first, but figure out how to serve, and don't come from a, a place of being needy. We jokingly, I, I think he just came up with a name on the fly, called that type of person uh, at conferences or you just see at mixers a Mark Johnson. So the whole time we were talking like you do, you don't want to be a Mark Johnson, which is the guy who just jumps up say hey here's my business card how's it going woo and then runs runs the other direction. Uh, you want to be somebody who actually connects. And, and World Domination Summit was one of three conferences that I went to, sort of back to back to back. And every time you had a handful of those people that were um, were saying hey how can I help you how can I help you. But you knew there was just, there was, there was nothing behind it. Um, and there was other people who you just genuinely connected with, and those are the people that you're, you're likely going to let into your life, whether it be for business purposes or or just fun or entertainment or whatever it may be, but just growing your social network a little bit more naturally that way. So it seems very similar. But the one thing you added to it is that you talk about asking. You know, sometimes you... You need a leg up. Um, so that's that's uh that's something how if somebody was nervous about uh, about asking for help or didn't maybe feel like they deserved it yet, what would you what would you tell them?
0: Well I think you you have to be willing to make mistakes. I think you have to be willing to make bold requests, both of yourself and of other people. And I think the secret to both offering help and asking for help is to really slow down and be with whatever's happening in that moment. So people get into these interactions where they meet somebody and they're thinking, and this is the real danger, especially with people who are very successful. If they're thinking like, Oh, if I can do this, if I can get to this point in the conversation, that's going to give me X, Y, and Z. They're kind of looking for a shortcut, you know? And if you'd asked me three years ago, like, Oh, you know, if you were able to befriend Leo Babada, what would that do for your business? I'd be like, oh, well, clearly I would become world famous within a month of being friends with him. You want to think that there's some sort of shortcut, but there really is no shortcut to connecting with people and building meaningful relationships. So for me, the secret is just slow down and try to act and be with what's happening in that moment. So if you're just meeting someone, don't worry about you know trying to get something out of them. Just connect with them. Just learn who they are. If you want to be interesting, you need to be interested. And what they're doing, what they want to do. Be impressed by them. You know, Talk to them about how you enjoy what's going on in their lives. And then when it feels right, when it feels like you actually have a desire, be willing to ask in a way that it's okay for them to say no. Um, you know, I've asked people to do all sorts of things, and some of them say no, and that's okay too. So um, it's really about listening, paying attention, and keeping things slow, keeping things human as you interact with others.
1: Do you have any good stories of either asks or gives? You just told that you're one of your giving stories with Leo. Uh, do you have an asking story either from yourself or one of your clients or somebody you know that that just asked for a hand up and it really worked out for them?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say probably the well, I mean, the, I, the other story I have is, is also with Leo. When I realized that I wanted to do executive coaching, I basically just went to him and I said, Hey, I'd really like to coach you. I think you're an amazing guy um we had worked on some other projects and i said i you know i think that we work well together i think i can help you and i would love to just be your coach um now i asked without any attachment about whether he'd say yes or no there was a part of me that wanted wanted to have him as a client but i wrote on my whiteboard i have a whiteboard in front of my desk i write things on i wrote you don't need any client i write you know kind of this reminder i did i don't need to have leo babata as a client to be a good coach Um, And so I just wrote that. So when I went into that conversation, I would remember I didn't need to sign him up. I just wanted to offer it to him. And if he was excited about it, great. And if he wasn't excited about it, that was fine, too. So that's the kind of trick you have to really not be attached to what the outcome is, which is which is difficult. So um, that would be an example of a time I asked for something and it. It worked out really well.
1: All right. And both circling back, the, the, the need, the feeling the need, the being needy, is, seems to be uh, a trend. And it's, it's a difficult one to fight, but it is, uh, and it is a, an important battle, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's where the awareness piece really comes in. It's not that you can't have any needing feelings. There was obviously a part of me that really really wanted to sign him up as a client you know just like when i met him there was a part of me that really really wanted to be friends with him because he's an amazing guy but i was just aware that that part was there and because i was aware of it i was able to kind of put it aside where often what happens is we're not aware of it and so it controls us so the things that we aren't paying attention to the things that we don't know that are going on in our body and our minds those are the things that control us without our knowledge and just by simply knowing that they're there we begin to gain power over them, power to set them aside, power to act differently, power to access a different part of ourselves. But it all starts with that first step, with is, which is just be aware that it's there, that it's part of you.
1: So one of the tips you gave was to do a, a weekly review to make sure that you're on track. Well, I called it a weekly review. I don't know what you called it, Um are there any other tips for just say staying aware and staying present uh, when you're making these decisions and uh, opening up to some of the subconscious that, uh, that can help you out with decision making from day to day?
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, I have kind of um, like five secrets of super fast mindfulness that I, I often use with my clients and two of them are really related to that. So the first one is to separate the feeling or energy from the action. So it can feel like you're in a rush, but you can move quickly and efficiently while at the same time not feeling that rushed energy. So I remember this time I was driving to a meeting downtown and I was in traffic and I just felt myself rushing, but I couldn't drive any faster, right? You know, there was cars. I was literally driving as fast as I could. And I realized that I could drive just as efficiently, just as effectively without feeling rushed. And so I let go of the, of the rushed feeling and just, drove efficiently drove effectively while also being mindful so if you can separate the feeling from the action that's going to help you make better decisions and the other would be mindfulness is really about turning on a dime so we think that thinking ahead about what we're going to do and thinking in the past about what we've done is really efficient but especially when it comes to work and when it comes with meeting people it's really about being present with the next thing that comes up so if you meet a new person be fully present with them don't be thinking about who else you could be talking to because that Connection could be really powerful. Same way with work. Do the thing that you're working on. As soon as it's done, let it go, turn on a dime, and be completely engaged with the next thing.
1: That's great. That'll, that reiterates what we say all the time, too, that there is no such thing as multitasking. There is only <clears throat> single-tasking or switch-tasking very quickly back and forth, which is not very efficient or effective, <laughs> by, by the way. Absolutely. You opened up the loop. That's two out of five. <laughs> My mind is like, well, there's three more. Uh, can we? Can you share those with
0: us? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So the first one, and it, it is kind of uh, in, the next one, which is in kind of encapsulated in the first two, is that mindfulness is about awareness. It's not about speed. So a great example of this is when I was at the monastery, we had to wash dishes really quickly, and I remember thinking, like, I can't wash dishes quickly. I'm supposed to be mindful. But what I found was that I could move quite quickly and pay attention to different things as I move quickly. I could have that awareness. And part of the trick is instead of a very focused awareness, you have to have a wide awareness. So as things speed up, you have to widen your awareness to match the speed that you're going. If you want to slow down, it means you can be more focused, but you can still be mindful at a faster speed. You just have to have a wider awareness. You can't be totally focused on your footsteps if you're walking quickly because you'll run into things. You have to be aware of your footsteps and the area around you. So that's a one kind of key to practicing mindfulness more quickly. Um, the next one is really understanding the difference between meta mindfulness and micro mindfulness. And we talked about this a little bit. Meta mindfulness is understanding your life, your direction, your purpose, kind of you know where you're going, and micro mindfulness is being present with each thing as you do it. And you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to think big picture once a week, once a day, and then in that day. Focus on one thing at a time. And then the last is that success with mindfulness or efficiency isn't about getting it perfect. It's about experimenting and trying new things and coming back moment to moment to what's happening. So if you notice that you're distracted or working on too many things at a time, that doesn't mean you're a failure or screwed up. It just means you made a mistake. Okay, now come back to what you know works. That's what success is in efficiency. That's what success is in mindfulness. It's that act of returning it's not the act of doing things perfectly.
1: And I'll thank you for not sharing the act that I was getting into this morning with my email <laughs> inbox. Uh, it was a bad one, <laughs> but I recovered. <laughs> I knew it worked. I wrote down what I needed to get done and I started doing it after we, uh, we had a chat. So it worked oh. out well. Well, I want to respect your time. So let's delve into the last part of the show, which are three questions. A book that has helped you become more productive a tool or a resource you might recommend to our listeners, and a ritual or habit that you do daily that you find extremely valuable. So let's talk about that book.
0: Sure. It was, it was hard to choose a book because there are so many books I love. But um, we, I know we talked about it a little bit when we talked earlier, but the book that I think is most important for productivity is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and what I love about it, I've read a lot of books on productivity and habit formation, is that you could literally read that book every year and get something new out of it. It's just so dense and so clear about what it talks about um, that you can review each of the habits. And I find myself using those habits to remind my clients of things that are important to them all the time. So if you haven't read it, you have to read it. If you've read it, read it again or pick a habit for one month to work on because they're, it's just such a powerful book.
1: I totally agree. I'm glad you went with that. I, I mentioned how <laughs> uh, it might have been mentioned on the show before, but it is, it's just a solid piece of work. I, I always think of getting things done is the bottom-up approach, and then uh, Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey is the top-down. So the ideas of being pro- proactive, beginning with the end of mind, putting first things first, thinking win-win, uh, synergizing, sar- sharpening your saw. I think one idea I had as a little productivity hack was to just put one of those habits in my wallet for a month and just Hmm. think, all right, it's August. How am I being proactive? Uh, The Hmm. next one is, you know, how can I, it's, it's, uh, it's September. How can I begin with the end in mind? Hmm. I, I got this idea from Benjamin Franklin who did that with his 13 virtues. I haven't done it yet, but if people out there want to experiment with it and let me know how it goes, that would be cool
0: yeah I, I do something like that I write um, one phrase or belief that I want to work on for the month on my whiteboard at the top as my sort of theme for the month so this month my theme is my work my worth and success are not connected that's what I'm working on this month
1: oh wow I so I have I'm pretty similar I've got a a big old uh, calendar up that I don't do a, a whole uh, sentence like you, you described, but just some words. So this one is um, settling in, because I just moved to Austin, Texas. <laughs> so we're settling in.
0: <laughs> All right, partner.
1: Yeah. Howdy. <laughs> uh, well, what about a, a tool or resource you might, you might give?
0: And this is hard, because I, I love productivity tools, and I use a lot of them. Um, the one I've been using most recently is um, a tool called Cardsmith, and it's basically a really minimal, um, program that does kind of Kanban boards, which I've used back and forth. Um, there's some great tools for doing that Trello and a few others, but I like this cause it has, it really has that card feel to it like a Kanban board does. And it's really minimal. It doesn't have a lot of features. So I like tools that have very few features. So I kind of can't get distracted. Um, they're also a, a Portland based startup and I love to kind of support local startups. So, um, I think it's cardsmith.co is the, is the website. And, uh, I don't know if they have free accounts still or not, but it's, it's just a great tool for doing kind of a Kanban board for your business.
1: That's great. We'll link to that in the show notes. And I'm a big Kanban man myself. So I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Well, cool. what about a ritual or a habit you find extremely valuable?
0: Yeah. So I, I thought about this a lot and it's not as related to productivity, but one of the rituals that I do really regularly is that I Say grace before a meal. And um, I say a Buddhist, I say a Buddhist grace usually um, because I'm a Buddhist. But what I find is that the act of setting an intention two or three times a day, kind of depending on how many meals I might eat that day, helps me reconnect with what's important to me, helps me really slow down. And if I can keep that thread of setting an intention when I eat, I find I'm better at setting intentions when I have a conversation, when I'm working. It, it helps me remember to check in. So it's a really powerful ritual I use. Um, and it's great because you can do it with other people and it also creates community and connection. So I highly recommend it. That sounds
1: awesome. Well, Toku, thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing your your insights. If people want to find out more about you, where can they go online to connect?
0: Yeah, um, you can go to my website, which is mindfit.com. Move.com so that's mind is in your mind, fit is in fitness, and move is in movement. Um, that's going to change here some point this year. I'm switching to a new new website, but right now that's a great place to go. And uh probably the best way if you want to learn more about me and get to know about my philosophy is um I have a TED talk on my main page. It's all about role models. And um, if you watch that, you're gonna get a really good sense of who I am and what I'm about as a person.
1: Great. Right. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So Thank you again for coming on and, and hopefully we can connect soon. As soon as you get an excuse to fly down to Austin, you got to I'll definitely host you. I want to have yeah, show you, you mean around. Southern
0: Southern Portland, that's what I think is what they call it. <laughs> they are they do have some similarities. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much Zachary. Great show.
1: One mindfulness episode after the next. In episode number 61 with mark and angel we talked about how you can use self inquiry to control the meaning of your thoughts and in this episode number 62 toku gave us the five secrets to super fast mindfulness the turning on a dime wider awareness and always returning to the task at hand are, are some of those tips and this makes sense like Toku said being efficient is about making better decisions and if you have wider awareness and if you can turn on a dime you can make some better decisions all of the links resources as well as Toku's book ritual and tool and his TED talk and links to his site can all be found at the productivity show forward slash 62 or the productivity show forward slash Toku and that's spelled T O. And uh, anybody listening after November 10th, his new site is called Unexecutive.com. And if you're listening right when this is released, you can still find a lot of his writing and work, which is quite good, actually quite funny. He's got a good sense of humor at MindFitMove.com. One last reminder, if you would like to read the top 10 books that we recommend to be more productive, one of them happens to be on Mindset. Theproductivityshow.com forward slash books is the place you will want to go to get that top 10 list. It's recently been redesigned and it's a lot nicer than the graphics I gave. So thank you, Aki. And as always, plan, do, review, organize, prioritize, eliminate the unimportant, delegate and automate what you can, focus on your most important task, take care of yourself, find momentum, move toward your ideal, achieve anything, but not everything. Enjoy this life, do more, and be better. Thanks once again for tuning in. Look forward to talking to you next week.